0: Hello and welcome to the Oasis Church Podcast.
1: And this new series is exploring one of the ways we're seeking to do things as a church, through building a culture of honour. Honouring is where we seek to build up, not tear down, bringing dignity rather than shame. But the danger with anything, that when you feel like, all right, this is something I've got to do, is we rush to the doing. Rather, the way of Jesus is always, it's an overflow of something we've received. As I want us to discover and understand that the starting point, the foundation of any culture that we're seeking to build, that's seeking to honour, is understanding that we are honoured by God.
2: Thanks for joining us. Today's reading is taken from 1 Corinthians, chapter 12, verses 12 to 27 from the New Living Translation. A human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we've all been baptised into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that doesn't make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not a part of the body, Because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell something? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honourable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honour and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members, so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honoured, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it.
1: Morning. Good morning. Hello, everyone. I'm Alice. And um, Ian, you just read so beautifully. Thank you so much. I could just listen to you all day. <laughs> so thank you so much. Um, so I've got the privilege of continuing the series that Adrian started last week, Building a Culture of Honour. Um, and so we were introduced to this passage, which describes Jesus' uh, followers of Jesus, the church, us belonging to one body. And just in case you heard that passage for the first time, maybe, and thought, what on earth is going on here? The Apostle Paul is, in writing this, describes a body made up of lots of different parts, different organs, different limbs, all with a different purpose, but all needed for, to make up this one body. Now, one of my favourite cartoonists demonstrates how our different parts are have all these different roles Uh, actually played sort of a comedy sketch that he makes of how all these different organs and different limbs, and as a medic, I just quite enjoy it. So I thought we'd start off with a bit of that. The brain, the logical one. The heart, the impulsive one. The gut, well, your gut feelings. Um, So we're just going to pop up a couple of cartoons just to to get us going this morning. This is one that I really enjoyed. So I, I think you'll be able to see that. The brain being the logical one. The gut, no, something deep in my gut is telling me something better. Heart, something. Well, I'm sold. And then we've got the next cartoon, Our Different Eyes. (laughs) Each of these parts of our body are needed, are important, important for the comedy gold, but also important to serve a purpose, have a function. I promise, no more medical jokes. Adrian introduced our new series last week, uh, and we're going to get to unpack about how we build a culture of honour in this place we call home, Oasis Church. And I'm gonna be exploring how we do that when we're made up of different people. Can we still honor each other in our differences? And in case you missed last week, because I thought it was really important, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. But I just wanna give a brief recap because it's from that place that we can then launch into this topic for today. Because we were talking about our home, well, what is this word honour? What does it mean? It's not a word we use very much in this Western context. Yeah, thumbs up from one of my housemates at the back. We were chatting this through, being like, "What? what is it? And we struggled to define it. I realised it's because it's not something we're very good at doing in UK society. We're good at doing the opposite. We're really good at shaming. Our newspapers are full of it. Our social media, again and again, the reels, just saying, you're not doing enough, you're not enough, we're not enough tearing us down. So when it comes to honouring or building it up, it's pretty countercultural. Adrian unpacked a beautiful story for us last week in Luke 15, the story of the prodigal son, where the son betrays his father, spends all his money, shames the family, and then when he realises I've made a complete mess of this, comes back on his knees saying sorry to the father, just asking to be accepted as a servant because that's all he thinks he's worth. His father, instead of saying, okay, fine, servant it'll be, robes him, welcomes him back as his son. God, God our father, welcomes us back in, places a robe of honour on our shoulders. Welcome back, my child. You were lost and now you're found. I honour you. In this story, we're we're the son, aren't we? Our value statement here at Oasis is, build as one where we seek to build up, not tear down bringing dignity rather than shame. Honour builds us up, says you're valuable, you're worth it, you have a place here. Now the reason I start here is because we can only honour others when we first believe that we have been honoured and accepted. One of Jesus' most famous commands is to love your neighbour as you love yourself, which is all well and good if you know first how to love yourself. We can't love and honour the others if we haven't first realised that we have been loved and honoured. By ruling yourself out, who else are you ruling out? And so today, maybe that's where you need to sit. And the rest of what I've got to share, just let it go over your head. That's absolutely fine. Just so can sit in the truth that God is revealing to you that you have been honoured by him. He loves you. And so if you've got a Bible or if you've got a phone, you've probably got a phone, just Google Luke 15 and just spend some time reading the truth of that truth over you. Why do I make such a song and dance out of this? Because if you haven't caught hold of how you're loved and honoured, then honouring others, which I'm going to talk about next, just becomes an obligation, or if we're not careful, a religious resentment. But when you know you're honoured and valued and loved, the honour and value then pours out of you onto people around you. And that's very likely to be a group of people who are a bit different to you. And that's where we land today. How is it possible to honour those around me when they're also different from me? Well, because this passage points out, our differences are actually the key. Verse 14 to 17, yes, the body has many different parts, not just one. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm I'm an eye, would that make it less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would we hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell? What Paul's describing here is how each part of our body exists for a different reason. Your eye seeing, your ear hearing, your tonsils in your appendix. Well, the jury's out on that one. <laughs> uh, but regardless, each bit is designed, valued, and when it goes, the body's no longer whole. Not one person in this room has the same skills, characteristics, passions, visions as anyone else. But when they come together, that's when life is created in the form of a stay and play or to be on the youth team or serving teas and coffees or running the sound of the visuals or being here on a Sunday morning and lifting up praise to God with the rest of your brothers and sisters. Something I really missed in lockdown was being able to watch live music when you watch a group perform live together and you're able to see all the different contributions, it just does something to my soul. We went, Josie Hope and I, to go and see a jazz band play um, in a church not too far from us. Um, and I was, as I was melting into this sturchly heavenly bliss, uh, each member of the band had a moment to show off their instrument and their skill. That seemed to follow in a jazz concert. I'm, I'm not a musically able, so I'm gonna butcher that, but it just was incredible. I, a musical novice, hadn't realised what different aspects each musician was bringing to the collective. And yes, they did need two percussionists, because actually the sounds that they were creating were completely different. And then when each one joined back in, together the beautiful creativity that poured out needed each one of them. Oasis wouldn't be the same without you. Just like this body of mine needs a heart to pump and lungs to breathe and white cells to fight infection, Oasis needs those who love craft, those who can lead us in music, those who remind us and represent the voice of the outsider, or who just merely by their presence speak of God's goodness. Without you, this body is not complete. But in a world that measures our value by our productivity, you may be sitting here thinking, but what role do I play? My mind or my body, my age, my educational ability, my shyness, my neurodiversity, the world tells me I have nothing to offer. What does God say? Some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some of us are slaves, some of us are free, but we have all been baptised into one body, by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. You don't get a free pass out of that one. We need you too. And it's a good job that the world and our feelings don't dictate what's true. God does. And he says, each one of you is made in his image. If you're at all familiar with the Bible project, you'll know that unpacking any theme, you've got to go back to Genesis. Genesis chapter one, then God said, let us make mankind in our image in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and the wild animals, over all creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image, in the image of God, he created them. Could he have said image of God any more times? It's almost like there's a message there that we need to hear because it's the truth. And so if our very being, famous or hidden, old or young, eloquent or not, able-bodied or not, was made to declare to creation and to those around us, there is a good God and he loves you, that makes each one of us a vital part of his body. But in order to see the image of God, I need to know you and you need to know me to take the time to understand each other's stories not just judge the superficial based on what we see on a Sunday of each other. A dear friend said to me this week, we're made to know to know and be known. The Trinity doesn't and can't hide from itself. It made me think, God, the Father, the Son and the Spirit, the Trinity, by definition, can't hide from itself. Can't say, I'm more important, I'm, I'm not important, I'm going to hide away. They are one. You can't hide from yourself. So if we're made in God's image... So are we made to know and be known. I don't mean that everyone needs to know all the ins and outs of everything. That's not deep relationship. That's just information overload. Uh, Someone in this congregation who will remain nameless introduced me to an app in which you can update your friends on your bowel habits and cheer each other on each day. That's, That's information overload. That's information I do not need in my day. I've got enough people whose bowel habits I'm concerned about. Um... But that's where the wisdom and support of investing in a collection of deep relationships in safe places like small groups where we can know and be known. In our youth small group, we do a two-word check-in at the start of each session where each member is allowed to say two words that is just how they're feeling that day. And then if they want to, they can expand on that. Um, we've banned the word tired, they have to use synonyms now for tired, like <laughs> right? you're, you're 16, you can't be telling me you're tired, um, so, but, but it then just means that as a group, we're then aware as a session unfolds, actually that person's just feeling a little bit vulnerable today, or, you know, where, where, actually, <laughs> we've got lots of energy, and we just need to be doing some laps of the room, maybe your life looks different to mine, in fact, I know your life looks different to mine, but you're made in the image of God, and so am I, And maybe you have wrestles in your life that I don't know and can't understand and have never experienced. But I need you in your fragility and you need me in my frailty. Now, I know this lands best when we hear something practical. And so I'm going to come on to actually how do we do this? But before we do that, I thought it'd be really great to hear from um, someone who's part of our church family Um, whose life looks very different to mine, uh, but who her and her family are just such a a valuable and precious part of who we are. And so we're going to hear from her now. Um, When she comes up, the screen's just going to go onto a picture, so those of you that are online will probably recognise the voice, um, but just because we're going to be talking about children and we recognise that this recording goes out a bit beyond our family, we're just going to protect those identities Um, So we love you people who are online. You'll be able to hear what's going on in the room, but we're just going to protect the identities. So I'm going to invite Lizzie to come up and join me, if that's okay. Let's give her a round of applause. APPLAUSE Yeah, the seat thing's a bit of a, yeah, if you can figure that out. The temptation to swing is strong. <laughs> can I give you a mic? Are you going to be all right? Or do you want me to give it a hold? It's be... part of the
0: prep, isn't it? Kind of um
1: Having a swing beforehand.
0: Yeah, work out what's going <laughs> to happen.
1: Now, you, God put something on your heart that we just wanted to start off by sharing. So do you feel up to doing that? Is that okay?
0: Yeah, it felt really important to share, actually, because I think, for me, Alice asking me up here today kind of started at the end of last Sunday's service so actually when Alice asked me i was like right I think I've got to do that then haven't I (laughs) rather than kind of give a reason not to um but yeah Adrian just shared so helpfully last week about honour didn't he and introducing honour to us and I was sat at the back and we shared communion and um It hadn't been the best morning for me, definitely was not my best version of myself as a mother, or um, we were probably just trying to juggle quite a lot as a family. Um, So that was the kind of context, but just felt really blessed by worship. And then hearing Adrian's talk, um, and as I watch people kind of get up, and it's going to sound really strange, I don't have this a lot, but I just... um, felt this sense or or just literally could see felt like people were just God kind of illuminating people and just the beauty of each and every one of you and um so it kind of started with Grace Gardner I don't think she's here today but just this kind of almost like this illumination around her head and just this sense that God was saying you know that actually each one of us is honored and is loved um and that he brings beauty for ashes and that um yeah just really wanted to start with that because actually i felt like god was already talking about kind of what honor is um yeah so just bless you all and thank you for being part of the family really um
1: yeah and, and so i've got three questions for you if that's all right so just start off with who is team lizzie what does family look like for you guys
0: yeah, so I've, I've decided to write down, so I'll read, um, just because it helps me get my words out at the moment. Um, yeah, so hello, I'm Lizzie. I'm married to Ben, um, and we have two wonderful boys. We have an eight-year-old and a four-year-old. And I mean, it's a bit crazy kind of realising this, but we've been part of Oasis for nearly 20 years, so doesn't time fly? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I came here as a student. Um, and left very briefly and then came back with Ben Um, and then we've been around since (laughs) So, um, so I work with Children in Care and Ben is a bid writer so he makes applications for funding for charities Um, And you might have also seen Ben around playing bass um, and in the past doing things around impact, um, which is the stream of Oasis that has done some really great stuff promoting and recording local artists and bands. Um, And as a family, we really love music and we love worship and we really love being outdoors. Um, so swimming, that's me particularly. I know there are lots of others in the church. I love that too. Walking um, and jumping and spinning. And that last bit is our eight-year-old. Um, so I'll just share a little bit about him um, and I suppose what makes our lives a little bit different. Um, <clears throat> so our eight-year-old has um, profound learning disabilities.
1: It's weird. It's fine.
0: You're
1: doing great. You're doing great.
0: So in practice, that means that his brain works a bit differently to a lot of us here. And within that, um, he finds learning and communicating really difficult. When he was younger, it often felt like we would take one step forward and four steps back. Or a bit like building a wall where the lower bricks just kept coming out. So he was really slow to build on anything. He cannot use spoken words, but he understands a lot and he absolutely gets a sense of people around him and others with him and communicates in his own ways. It's a really complicated thing, though, getting a thought from your head and expressing it in words out of your mouth. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm not a neurobiologist, but, you know, I'm I'm sure someone could could help us understand that even more but yeah just makes me realize actually how amazing it is to be able to communicate in different ways and he also has complex sensory integration difficulties so that means that his body is often seeking particular movements like jumping or squeezing spinning or sometimes not liking others other senses or experiences it can sometimes be really tricky to work out what's going on for our lad, and sometimes he can get pretty upset or vocalised, so that means making sounds to let us know if something's not quite right, um, so he might shout or scream. And there, are <clears throat> there is a lot that he shows us about the world, the beauty of taking each moment as it comes, um, the firmness of a floorboard, I bet a lot of you have never noticed that before, um, the pure joy of a successful poo. So, we do update mm. each other on bowel movements. Um, and absolutely, the bubbling giggles when the boys are playing together. And that's something that we are seeing um, some really precious steps forward in at the moment. So, a bit about our four year old, because, um, you know, it would just be really good to say I think, a moment for him. He's a super chatty and loves animals and dinosaurs, sea creatures, mythical creatures, and he's slowly teaching us uh, um, an A to Z of prehistoric creatures and testing our memory, which can be a bit tricky um, if we're also really sleep deprived. Um, So a note on that, Um, we've just come out of a particularly tricky season for a number of reasons, one of them being sleep. and for me, the song, Our God is Great and Glorious, has been such a battle kind of song, really. Um, I love the bit where it says, our God is in control, steadfast immovable. Nothing is impossible because our God reigns forever. And we're so grateful to God for bringing us through some tough times. And daily we thank him for um, the various provisions for us. And I also wanted to take a chance just to honour some people. And it's always dangerous to name names because um, there are always more people than names said. So, um, so know that you are also honoured and loved, you people. Um, but um, Udi and Mo I just want to thank you for smiling at me at church and making me feel welcome. Rachel and Andrew... Thank you for being a great example in seeking to disciple your children. Our small group, both young ones and old ones, thank you for living each step with us and sharing perhaps more directly in the ups and downs and the pains and the sorrows. Phil and Julia, thank you for being there. Your love and support has just been incredible. And Anne and Graham, thank you for your precious prayers and your connections with our lad, they're so precious. Um, so that's a bit about us um, to start off.
1: And we thought it'd be good to unpack what it looks like being part of Oasis, which I suppose you've just touched on, but what does that look like for you as a family?
0: Yeah, so when I first read this question, I thought to myself, well, being part of Oasis means arriving approximately between eight and 20 minutes late for services, depending on which items of clothing have been removed and replaced, and how many times um, before we've had to do that, before we've managed to leave the house. Mm. Um, but no, in all seriously, um, well, I suppose our being part of Oasis has looked differently over the years. But fundamentally, I think being part of Oasis is about connecting, connecting with God and worship. has always been a really important part, but also through others and through God's word and using the image of the vine, connecting with our family, our church family. Since i living with disability, we've had some really hard parts where it's not always been easy to know how to connect um, on all of those fronts, um, to be part of church and to be around others um, or to be in services. and definitely not helped by COVID lockdowns, which I'm sure a lot of you have found. Um, there were some low points there. Um, and I've sat with an image before um, at those low points um, that nativity image of there's no room at the inn has felt quite real um, but I know for sure that being part of Oasis that there's room at the inn um, and actually I think that that is something that has been on our hearts for a really long time um, that we are able to make home for ourselves and for others in church and church family and it was funny writing this um, and so I was reminded that when we led a small group at Rowhoof Road which was a long time ago Um, we just had a heart for bringing people together and being home together and I suppose living with difference I think has turned the tables around a bit and it's felt a bit like we've had to be able to be the ones sorry it's felt a bit like we've not been able to be the ones giving or opening up as much Um, and actually that's caused quite a lot of pain and kind of conflict at different points within ourselves so we're, we're learning and we've had to learn to ask and to receive um, and to dabble in what it might look like now to be able to do some of those things um, with our differences and taking risks there. Um,
1: Yeah. That's great. And and we love you. We think you're wonderful. How can we honour you as a family?
0: Yes, I found this really difficult to answer. (laughs) Um, And I was listening back to Adrian's talk and where he said, honour is where we seek to build up, not tear down, bringing dignity rather than shame. Um, and I suppose it's very important to share this, As if I'm honest, I think the sad thing is, often for many people living with disability or difference, that it can be easy in society to feel ashamed or to feel isolated, that dignity is not always granted by others. Um, you can feel othered or distanced. So I suppose I feel really honoured by people's smiles, people saying hello as we walk past with the kids or pausing that hello even for a few seconds as we rush off or our attention is scattered somewhere else. I feel honoured when people take a few moments to connect with, um, with our eight-year-old. Um, I'm so grateful, really, really grateful to Dave and Charlie for the times that they have, cho- um, they have him in OKC so that Ben and I can be in a service together. That's a really um, precious and important thing and for the beautiful interactions that people like Sarah, Julia and Anne have had with him, where they get down on his level when they look at him in the eye, or allow him to lean on them or move with them. Seeing him connect in his spirit with others brings me so much joy and helps bring dignity and home to us. I also feel honoured when I get to share my space with others. My parents were always so generous and open with our home, and whilst I recognise it needs to look different for us, And that arrangements are very often very slow to be put into place and then very prone to interruptions or changes. I'm so honoured when I spend time with people and share time with people, whatever context that's in, and when people are open to doing that with us, even in our difference and often the chaos and noise that we bring. Um, Just a side note, I would also say that Ben and I are really honoured to have our jobs and to be able to come across the people we come across in our workplaces to be trusted by God to do that. We're honoured to be parents to our boys and trusted by God to do that. And we're really honoured to be part of this church where our leaders lead by example. So thank you, all of you that lead in any ways. Um, speaking to Ben, he said that he feels honoured when people share with him that they see some of what life is like or what we do um, to look after our sons when someone might acknowledge that with him and encourage us that we're doing good, we're doing all right. And we all need encouragement, don't we? Mm. And actually, that is so honouring when people do that. We sometimes just don't know it or feel it. So my final thought is from 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 11. And for all of us, therefore encourage one another and build each other up. And it says, as indeed you are doing, and I and I start, finish where I end, sorry, finish where I started. That that's what we are doing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. We we are all honoured. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: just heard how, um, some ideas about how we can honour people in our community whose lives don't look like our own, but it requires us being intentional. And so I wanted to give us three quick practices, and I promise then we'll finish. I don't know if you're all sweating as much as I am. Um, so three quick practices, which actually I've taken from the Difference Course at the Church of England have ran, so just give credit to them. But I've also based it on 1 Corinthians 13, a chapter that comes straight after the chapter we're looking at, but models love and honouring so incredibly. There is patient and kind. It doesn't envy, it doesn't boast, it's not proud, it doesn't dishonor others, it's not self-seeking. The first practice I want us to think about is getting curious. When we surround ourselves with people who look, think and sound like us, we can't even begin to contemplate that other people may have a different way. And the only way to find out is to ask. By asking questions in a humble, compassionate and genuinely interested way, we start to get an idea of what it's like to walk in someone else's shoes, to have a different life experience. It requires us to be patient, kind, not self-seeking. I don't mean sit and down under a spotlight and ask them all the minutiae until they squirm in their seat. Interrogation is actually dishonouring, but it needs to be done in a safe space. It means asking someone, what does this week look like for you? Or, or maybe following where they want to share Maybe asking, how can I be praying for you at the moment? And then commit to doing that, to praying and asking them about it. I sometimes make notes in my phone because I know what my memory is like. The ideal space to do this is your small groups. Be patient in understanding someone else's world. Second suggestion reimagine. The world tells you, you do you. And people should work around that. Our own truth and fight it till the death, cancelling someone who might disagree or see the world differently. But what has 1 Corinthians 12 reminded us? Our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. And what does chapter 13 go on to say? Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts and always hopes. What if we reimagined a world, as the researcher Brené Brown puts it, where we wanted to get it right? Rather than be right That would mean us being humble and recognizing that maybe I don't have all the answers, but God does, and His design is the body of Christ, His church. Maybe I need to be the way God designed me in a way that allows you to be the way God designed you. And maybe I'm an eye, and I can see really well, but I need you a foot to take me places where everyone has a part to play, a voice to be heard and was doing their very best and that God is growing, changing and shaping us to take us from the broken place that we're all in and glorify him as the body of Christ together. Maybe that's something you can imagine with me. And finally, I think probably most challengingly, being present. Love always perseveres, showing up, sticking around this may be uncomfortable, but I love you and I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> and I would say this is the hardest bit because different people don't always understand each other and they say the wrong things and they cause hurt. But when honour is not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs, love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth, then it's quick to apologise. But determined in saying we are one body, I'm showing up and I'm sticking around because you have something to teach me, and I'm not the body without you. Too impossible to imagine? Well, that's the promise of what's to come. Revelation 7, verse 9. This is what we've got to look forward to. After this, I saw a vast crowd, too great to count, from every nation and tribe and people and language, standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb. They were clothed in white robes and held palm branches in their hands. I'm afraid you stuck with me. <laughs> Difference is God's design. And we have no choice but to commit to honoring it. Jesus is building a kingdom that is made up of different people who look different, sound different, have different physical and emotional needs, vote differently, dress differently, eat differently. To the world, that sounds mad. How could that even work? Coming back to that jazz band that I described at the start, it needed every one of those players. And man, did it sound beautiful! And that's what our lives together sound like to God. I'm going to invite the worship band back up. And we're going to just finish in that worshipping together. Psalm 24 says, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. And that's the beauty of it. We get to do that each Sunday morning. Nowhere else in the world looks like this. A group of people from different backgrounds with different life experiences and different stories come together and say, let us point you to Jesus. He's so incredible. So let's do that together, shall we? Have we got the whole team? Almost. Almost. For a little while. For a little while. Um, Lord God, I thank you for what you've been speaking through different members of your body this morning. Lord, you're present here. Your spirit is moving and it's palpable in this room. But Father, we need a fresh revelation of your your presence and this gift of honour. For those of us this morning that just need to sit in the fact that we are honoured and loved by Almighty God, help us to be able to do that and to draw people alongside us to walk that journey with us. For those of us that this morning are maybe feeling different and left out, help us to be able to reach out to those, again, next to us, around us, and just share a bit of our story. And those of us that are just struggling to say, actually, how, how can I ask those questions? How can I make those first steps? Help us that this place is safe, that forgiveness is a gift and is quick, and apologies are quick, and that this is ultimately a place where we want to build one another up, not tear one another down. We do this for your glory and because you are so incredibly good, God. Amen.